up, Wastelanders! Boys and girls, prepare to be astounded, bedazzled, and otherwise stupefied. <laughs> you talk a lot! Sound funny when you talk like a stupid human! <laughs> I am online once again! Tremble, world, before my electric heating coil of doom! <laughs> What's up, Wastelanders? Welcome to Tapes from the Wastes, an immersive Fallout fan podcast bringing you lore, news, gameplay talk, and more. I'm one of your hosts, KDB, and today I'm bringing you some lore on one of my favourite creatures in the entire Fallout series. It is the terrifying and gangly cryptid known as the Wendigo. Um, I'll be reading off some details about their biology, the variants, and of course the unique variant from the quest in Fallout 76, a colossal problem, Earl Williams. Before we get to that though, for those new to the podcast, these episodes work a little bit differently than you might expect. We treat our lore more like an audiobook. Uh, we source information primarily from the fandom wiki, but also other sources, and we add audio snippets and dialogue and sound effects in to try and bring the lore breakdowns to life in ways that create a unique listening experience. So if you are new to the podcast, I hope you enjoy it. Before we get to today's lore, I wanted to quickly touch on some of my gameplay in Fallout 76. The new season is here. Um, yeah, so we've got a new scoreboard and lots of new things that came with an update. And most sort of importantly, I suppose, is the release of Fallout Worlds. Um, which I'm not going to get into detail here. I'm going to leave that to Eric, uh, who has recorded a news section for you today. And so for those who are new, my co-host, Sulil, a.k.a. Eric, we often record our segments separately and then they're cut together. We sometimes do discussion episodes, but today uh, we're not doing one live. I'm doing my section and he's doing his section. So before we get to the law, Eric will bring you more on the news. But as for myself, yeah, I'm enjoying the new season. I'm currently at level, I think, 23, 22 or 23. And I didn't finish the last two scoreboards. So I've kind of made myself, I'm, I'm very determined to make sure I finish this one. So I've been making sure I've been playing every day. There's been double XP and I've been trying to take off the dailies and weeklies. There's been a bit of a bug where some of the challenges have been auto-completing, which is a bit annoying, but, you know, we kind of do what we do. I'm trying to deal with that. But, yeah, I've been playing every day, making sure I get the challenges that, I, that are available, uh, which, with the double XP, has really helped. And I've been flying up the board, so to be a week in and to be at level 23, I think, is pretty good for me. At least for me, it is. Um, I think I'm at level, my character level is level 130 something now, so I'm still, you know, there's lots of people out there in level 300, 400 plus, so I'm still quite low, <laughs> but I see lots of people lower level than me as well, there's definitely lots of new players, or at least new characters coming in, um, so yeah, the grind continues really, I haven't tried Fallout Worlds yet, but I'm definitely keen to jump in, something that was quite good is part of the Xbox Game Pass rewards was a free month of Fallout First. So I redeemed that, which meant that I could clear a... I'm not sure how much, but I was going to say a shit ton of junk from my scrap box, uh, from my stash, and put it into the Fallout First scrap box. 
which I already had because there was a trial of Fallout first earlier in the year. But when the trial runs out, you can no longer use the scrap box. But now I've claimed this reward. I've got Fallout first for a month, so I've been able to clear so much space in my stash. I was pretty much at max as well. I think it's £1,200. I was probably at 1170 or something like that. So I cleared, I think now there's about £700 only in, in my stash. So I'm pretty happy about that. Um, a few extra rewards and things from the Atomic Shop and some uh, atoms all came with the trial. So yeah, that's all really good. Um, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the new season. As I mentioned on our previous episode, uh, some new games had come out and took me away from Fallout 76 a little bit. And I wasn't playing as much on the previous season as I would have liked. I think I finished up at level 86 or something on the board, which isn't bad. But um, yeah, this time, as I said, I'm determined to finish the board. So it's going well so far. Week one, level 23 on the scoreboard. I'm pleased with that and I'm going to try and keep it up. Before we get to the law section, as I said, I'm now going to hand over to Eric, who is going to give a summary on the latest update and the new season board. So, Eric, over to you. Thank you very much, Kelsey. So, we had a huge update to Fallout 76, and if you have been following at all, you know what's going on. It was a huge update. Lots of things happened so um, there is the new scoreboard which is unstoppables themed there is the removal of nuclear winter i'm uh, very sorry for those of you who enjoyed that we've got fallout worlds which was a huge addition to the game there have been you know new places to go in daily ops so let's break this down a little bit so there was a little bit of a snafu with the release of season six and i just think this is hilarious so they were gonna originally delay the release by two weeks this is the night before it was supposed to happen and then at the very last minute, they're like, you know what? No, we're going to go ahead and release it as planned. So what happened was, was there were a lot of people who were not getting their rewards for the season five scoreboard. And I don't know if it's just that they weren't popping the, the uh, spots on the board or what, but there was some you know issues with getting all of their rewards so i actually kind of experienced this myself so to be honest i was getting a little bit of a, a little tired of the grind so i was just like you know what i'm gonna buy the last four levels i got to level 96 naturally and i was just gonna buy the last four levels with the atoms that i had but for whatever reason, I could only do one at a time, so I would have to pop one back out of the scoreboard, go back in, pop the next one, then I would get the reward from the previous one. So I kind of, like I said, I kind of experienced this myself, and then I ended up hitting 104 or 105 on the board afterwards, so you know, it's kind of pointless to do all that, but whatever. 
I'm happy with it. So I guess after a little bit of investigation, Bethesda's like, Bethesda's like, you know what? Screw it. We're gonna go ahead and, you know, people can get these rewards. We're gonna go ahead and release the scoreboard as planned. So let's talk about the new scoreboard a little bit. As I mentioned, it is Unstoppable's theme, and they are facing the Diabolicals. So this is out now, and there is a little bit of an issue with this now. So I am one of the few people, I guess not few, but uh, I'm one of the people who had a bunch of the weeklies already auto-completed. I don't know why exactly this is. There's some theories as to why these are being auto-completed, and I don't know. Um, I don't really mind so much as long as I get the credit for it. So I did notice that the dailies now are 500 points as opposed to 250. So I don't know if that's kind of their way of making up for that. I don't know. But we got some new challenges this time, so it's not the same old thing. So a lot of these are wear a costume and you get, you got to do challenges and kill a bunch of enemies in a costume. So one thing that I think is really cool that they're doing right now is if you are a... Uh, Fallout, or if you have Game Pass, whether you, you play on PC or you play on Xbox, sorry for the people who play on PlayStation, but it is what it is, they are giving you a free month of Fallout first. So if you're a Fallout, or if you're a Game Pass subscriber, you claim it in the Game Pass menu. It, this isn't something that you claim in the atom shop you have to go into your game pass menu and actually claim this and it is a free month of fallout first and the reason why i think that they're doing this is so that you try you make your own private world and then you don't want to lose it and of course so they want you to keep the subscription so i think it's kind of brilliant but the uh, one of the rewards, the Fallout First reward for this month is you get a Halloween costume. Or I don't know if it's technically Halloween, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking that it's a Halloween costume. So you basically you look like a guy, kind of like the, uh, the Headless Horseman. So, you know, you got a pumpkin for a head. So I, I've been running around in that, completing a bunch of dailies and weeklies wearing this costume. So, also, we got some allies with this scoreboard. Now, this hasn't been done in a few scoreboards, so I'm kind of glad to see the new allies. So, we have Daphne and Maul. So, Daphne is the alter ego of the Inspector. So, we will actually have the Inspector as an ally, which I think is really cool. So, Daphne will increase players' perception stats by allowing them to find more food and caps from containers and stashes. And Maul is a particularly talkative super mutant who buffs strength stats to increase rad resistance and melee skills. So yeah, um, that'll be really cool. And the picture that I'm seeing of Maul here, he's wearing glasses, which the only other super mutant I know that wears glasses is Dr. Virgil. So that actually makes me wonder about him a little bit. It also says here that Maul is obsessed with Grognak the Barbarian. So <laughs> maybe that's why he, yeah, he's included in this. So 
Yeah, I'm anxious to meet Maul and Daphne both. Other rewards in the Season 6 scoreboard are kind of a little bit the same as before. There's legendary cores and modules, weapon skins, camp objects, which I don't think there's a lot of camp stuff this time, but, you know, it's just, you know, Unstoppables themed uh, cosmetics and things like that. Of course, there's the power armor paints. And like last time, you can go past level 100, and after you hit level 100, there'll be perk card packs, legendary crafting components, consumables, atoms. You know, there's the carry capacity extenders, or increased uh, capsules, things like that. So, yeah, I, I mean, it. I wish that there were more camp items. I think that would be really cool. I would love to get, like, the... You know, Hubris Comics wallpaper that's in the Atom Shop right now, but I don't want to spend Atoms on it. Uh, you know, I've already got the Unstoppables bed, but yeah, it'd be nice if there were more, you know, camp items, but it is what it is. With the Season 5 scoreboard, we got the Red Rocket Collectron. This time, the Collectron is a robotic dog, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, as I'm recording this, I think I've hit level 16 or 17 on the scoreboard now, so I have gotten the Manta Man outfit. So I'm looking forward to completing this. Hopefully we'll get a little bit more time and it's not going to come down to a photo finish whether or not I complete the board and have a little bit of scorecation because that's always appreciated also. But. I think this scoreboard will be fun, and so far I'm enjoying it, so we'll see how it goes. As I mentioned earlier, Nuclear Winter is now no more. Uh, I'm really sorry for those of you who played Nuclear Winter on a regular basis. I, myself, am not a Battle Royale person, but I did hop in once in a while if the daily challenge was really simple, like used to stem packs or last a certain amount of time or take a photo or whatever i would hop in there from time to time but i'm not a big battle royale person so if i did it was never more than a few matches like one or two matches so based on your level progression you should have received perk coins based on that i think i got like a hundred maybe a little less uh, perk coins i didn't get very far in nuclear winter as i said battle royales are not for me but um also nuclear winter cosmetics uh, can now be earned from public events so there you go um as i mentioned also uh, daily ops have been expanded so it looks like there is a new enemy type three new locations and new rewards so of course there's still the floater grenades which who the hell wants those i don't know they need to just take those out so i don't know if this is a bug and if it is hopefully they'll fix it quickly but normally when you do a daily ops you get ammo for the weapon that you're using the gun that you're using so you'll get a bunch of ammo for that weapon that has not been the case since the update, so I 
use a Gatling gun. So I've been going through a ton of five millimeters and I have not been getting those. So I've had to switch to my Deathclaw Gauntlet, which of course I can't use when I'm in power armor. So I really hope that that's just a bug that gets fixed, but um, that is a little frustrating because when you do, and you, that's one of the reasons why I do a daily ops is so I can get more ammo for the weapon that I'm using and I don't have to spend a bunch of lead to craft it. Yes, Yoda, I hear you. My cat once again decided to say hi. So also with daily ops, they're doing what are called double mutation weekends where I believe this is every other weekend. Yeah, every other weekend, uh, Thursday to Monday, starting and ending at the normal daily ops reset times, they will do uh, two weird, there'll be uh, set mutations that they'll combine. So there's blistering cold, which these enemies will have freezing touch and swift-footed mutations. There's chilling mend, which chilling enemies will have the freezing touch and group regeneration uh, mutations, which I experienced that myself recently. I was doing a daily ops and we were in the cave uh, from the beginning of the Steel Rain part of the Brotherhood DLC, where uh, we recently talked about this on the uh, Steel Rain, you know, retrospective. The uh, cave where you're at with the new recruits and uh, Shin uh, decides to jump on a grenade that, yeah, that cave. Um, so also there is clouded toxins, which uh, clouded enemies have the active camouflage and toxic blood mutations. Then there's also Re relentless, which is resilient and group regeneration. There's Stinging Frost, where stinging enemies have freezing touch and toxic blood mutation. I hate the toxic blood mutation. That is a big pain in the ass. Uh, basically, you kill an enemy and they'll release you know, poison in the air. Uh, very bad if you are a melee character, but <laughs> sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. Anyway, um, also there's Swift Stalker, where stalking enemies have active camouflage and swift-footed mutations. There is Unstable, where there's Volatile and Swift-Footed, and Vaporous, where uh, enemies have Volatile and Camouflage mutations. So there are new enemies, which are the Communists, and then there is a set of three new locations. There's the Arctos Pharma Biome Lab, Watoga High School, and the Uncanny Caverns, which is what I was talking about earlier. So there are new rewards for daily ops. There, is, there are a bunch of plans and outfits. There's the Arctic Marine Armor Plan, the Me Mechanics Best Friend Pipe Wrench, the Soul Survivor Level, sorry, Lever Action Rifle, the Black Hazmat Suit Outfit, the Mirework King Tube Plan, and then uh, Blood Eagles Outfits, or Blood Eagle Skull Lord Outfit, the Skull Lord Helmet, and then the Auto Grenade Launcher Paint. So they also said that there have been some improvements to daily ops. So there have been a number of issues affecting Mothman hatchlings and these cute but deadly creatures will once again appear when cultists are in the current daily ops enemy group. Volatile explosion damage has been adjusted and now does health percentage based damage that can be partially mitigated by anti-explosion effects. 
and then they've added a timer so you can more easily check when the daily ops reset will occur. You can find the timer at the Intel section of the Daily Ops menu after selecting the Daily Op from the World Activity Tracker. Vault 51 is now open for exploration in all game modes, including Adventure Mode, which is really nice. Uh, they've uh, adjusted the Pip-Boy a little bit, so junk acquired from scrapping items will now appear in the new tab. Inventory items can now be sorted by their stack weight, and when scrolling in the Pip-Boy inventory, navigating from uh, up from the top of the item list and it will now move to the bottom and vice versa. I did notice that and I am not a big fan of that uh, but it's just something I'm gonna have to get used to because I'll scroll down to the bottom of the menu and then all of a sudden I'm at the top I'm like what the hell just oh okay so yeah hopefully they'll uh, I don't know if I'm, I, like I said I, it's not a big deal it's just something I'm gonna have to get used to all right, now for the main event of this new segment, and that is Fallout Worlds. So there are public worlds, and then there's custom worlds. So let's talk about public worlds for now. So basically, you on a public world, it will be available to players at a, at a time. So eight players at a time, just like normal. Um, so somebody creates a world and there you can you know kind of you know set who you want in it so if you're you can make it to where anybody can find this world if they want to or you can set it to just your friends on your friends list but um, there are five public worlds that you can check out in a game so there's Happy Builder, which is reduced camp placement restrictions, relaxed building restrictions, all map locations discovered, and PvP has been disabled. There's High Risk, so there's no fast travel, PvP is always on, and players drop additional loot on death, free workbench crafting, and legendary attribute items, or item attributes have been disabled. Then there's Dweller Must Die, which of course sounds very ominous. So it's greatly increased enemy difficulty, increased damage, increased equipment durability, and dark bog weather effects. So this is basically hard mode, or survivor mode, really turned up. So now there's Quantum World, which is max jump height, no fall damage, nuked creatures and flora, and quantum storm weather. And then finally, there's Butcher's Delight. So it's infinite ammo, no vats or melee attack, AP cost, and enhanced dismemberment. So that is public worlds. So now let's talk about custom worlds. So players with active Fallout First memberships can now choose custom worlds options from the play menu to create new types of worlds where they can adjust a wide variety of different settings to create Appalachia that's an Appalachia that's tailored to their liking. So this is kind of what I was talking about, where I think they're very smart with letting people have a free month of Fallout First if they are a Game Pass subscriber. So they can make this world and then have lots of fun running around in it, and then they want to be able to continue to access said world. So please, there's a note here. Um, well, let's let's talk a little bit about it first. So, 
create to create a custom world click play from the main menu select custom world hit select world template and then you can just finagle all the settings to however you want them so up to seven friends can join your custom world for a total of eight players per world as i mentioned earlier private worlds has been renamed to private adventure with today's update to better differentiate it from the custom worlds mode so here's a list of different settings that you can choose from so there's a bunch of different categories and then you go into the categories and they've got a bunch of selections in the in said categories so there's workshop so you can build previously restricted areas disable the need for electricity increase your camp budget and build height relax building instructions and more so with this you can even like if you're making food my chair is very loud i apologize you can make it to where you don't even need the food or any of the food ingredients to make the meals which is really nice um so i loaded myself up because your food and water will still decrease at least mine did when i created my world so but the thing is you can make as much food and water as you want it's food and drink so which includes purified water if <laughs> so um, so I got to make a bunch of meals that I'd never been able to make before, which was really nice. So after workshop is combat, so you can have infinite enemy spawns. So spawn enemies wherever you, you know we want them to. You can alter PvP rules, adjust enemy difficulty, and give yourself infinite ammo, which I did. And change item dur durability and more. So... That is combat. Yeah, I gave myself infinite ammo because, as I said earlier, I've been going through tons of five millimeters and not having the to not being able to depend on daily ops to give me more ammo. So um, after combat is general, and it is, you can disable fast travel or make it free, or you can still charge caps for it. Which why the hell would you do that? Um, you can choose special weather effects, including rad storm, nuke zones, and as well as new weather effects like quantum storm and dark bog. So when I made my world, I actually did quantum storm. And it's kind of funny because I ran into a bunch of Mothman priests or Mothman cultists. And they were all wearing like, they looked like spacesuits. It was really funny. You can also add filters for a unique view of Appalachia, uh, which I did enhanced. And you can adjust jump height. I think I did high. I didn't do like max because if you've got marsupials, sometimes that's hard to reach. But if you're jumping, it's, sometimes you miss the window or whatever it is you're trying to jump through. So I, I increased my jump height, but I didn't make it like super, super high. Um, and then you can turn off fall damage, which I did because, you know, if you're not running around in, in power armor, you don't want to die by falling off a ledge or something, or even jumping too high. Um, you can even adjust the, the consequences of death, like how much, you know, junk you leave behind. So there's a, there is a note here and it said custom world settings may impact your game client's performance. However, you're still free to use them and can always enable or disable them as needed. So uh, currently 
you can save a custom world you've created in one of three available slots and you can select one of them to set as your active custom world. So I've just made one as of right now, uh, but I'm having fun with it. So um, let's see. you can edit custom worlds after you finish creating them. So even if you filled all three custom world slots, you can still change them up as needed. If you're a Fallout First member and you've played a friend's custom world previously, you will still be able to log into that one, even if you're the, the owner of the world is offline, which that's nice. To do this, select custom worlds from the play menu, click view worlds and select your friend's world from the shared world section and set it to active. You can then play in that custom world by selecting custom worlds from the play menu. Hopefully that is the last time I say custom worlds. Uh, it doesn't look like it though. If you're not currently active, an active Fallout First member, don't worry, you could still join your friends who are Fallout First members in their custom worlds that they've set up while they're online. So, and then there's a note here on character progression. So the progress of your characters that your characters make in custom or public worlds is specific to those worlds and is completely separate from adventure mode. You can clone your adventure mode character for use in public or custom worlds at any time, and you can have up to five Fallout world characters at a time. If you've reached your five character limit, characters can be manually unlinked from public or custom worlds at any time. Your character's progress in public worlds will still remain available as long as that public world is still available for play. Additionally, please note that challenges cannot be completed and you will not earn any score achievements or trophies while playing in a public or custom world. So that kind of sucks. Um, I was hoping that if I did certain adventure mode, I'm sorry, certain uh, scoreboard, you know, dailies and weeklies that they would count in a custom world, but apparently that is not the case. Anyway, that is it for this huge news update. I'm going to hand this back over to Kelsey, and I will see you all in the wasteland. Thanks, Eric, for the news update. As he mentioned, there was a lot to get into uh, this episode, so I hope you enjoyed that bumper edition of the news update. But without further ado, we're going to get into the lore section of this episode. As I mentioned, it is, of course, on Wendigos. So strap on in and let's get right to it. Welcome back, dear listeners. It's time once again to put aside all you think you know, all you believe to be true. Time to open your mind to the strange, bizarre, and sometimes terrifying world that exists in the shadows and fringes of our own, where myth, legend, and rumor are made real. Yes, it's time for more thrilling Tales from the West Virginia Hills. It has been said that money is the root of all evil, so when greed knows no bounds and avarice goes unchecked, what other appetites might take hold? Tonight's gripping tale, Curse of the Windigo, chews over this very question.
Wendigos are mutated humanoids encountered in post-apocalyptic Appalachia. While the precise nature of their origin is unknown, numerous individuals that are known to have transformed into such creatures are connected through their participation in the act of cannibalism. Wendigos derive their name from the Algonquin folklore creature of the same name. Pre-war urban legends surrounding the Wendigo cave within the Savage Divide became reality when the progenitor Wendigo, formerly Morris Stevens, made its home there. In Algonquin folklore, a Wendigo is a malevolent spirit that is frequently associated with winter, cold, famine, and starvation. Wendigos are gaunt, emaciated humanoids with ashy grey skin, long bony arms, and large distended abdomen. Their arms and legs are long and slender, and though they typically hunch close to the ground, they are capable of standing. Their skull-like face has short strands of long, stringy hair, sunken, blackened eye sockets, and a mouth filled with long, jagged teeth. Their hands are large, with fingers tipped by sharp claws. They have a similar radiation resistance to that of feral ghouls, and are sometimes found among small groups of them. Acid can be harvested from their teeth. Wendigos are carnivorous and often hunt prey, and make no discern between human or animal. They emit audible raspy exhalations when alerted, and they have the ability to let out a signature piercing scream to intimidate and stagger their prey. Characteristics Wendigos are aggressive and can quickly deal a high amount of damage. Their melee strikes are powerful enough to stagger those in power armour. Wendigos will not run away if the player character climbs onto objects or furniture, but will continue to screech. During combat, Wendigos may let loose a piercing shriek that may attract a horde of feral ghouls to their location. Though rare, one can occasionally witness Wendigos perched atop tall, out-of-sight locations, which allows them to ambush prey. One such example can be seen with Wendigos that perch on trees overlooking the central roads of the mire. At higher levels, Wendigos will frequently appear as a boss-type enemy for groups of ghouls. They reliably drop up to 8 loose screws, with a rare chance of dropping up to 11 screws. Feral ghouls and Wendigos are friendly to each other. We begin at the Corvego Auto Assembly Plant in Huntersville, West Virginia, where plant owner and operator Richard Moore is known for squeezing every ounce of profitability from his workforce. Hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Dick, mind if I have a word? Sure, Bill. Come right in. These productivity reports exceeded my projections. Get ready for another juicy holiday bonus. Sounds swell, boss. But I was walking the floor, and I noticed that the plutonium containment levels are all looking a bit high. I ordered that line to be sped up last night by 20%. I think the tolerances can handle it. Well, I understand wanting to be more efficient, but if those plutonium cells don't cool properly... Oh, come now. With great risk comes great reward, see? Still, that's a lot of risk you're taking with the safety of the crew. <laughs> They'll be thanking me come bonus time. After all, money puts food on the table. Warning. Containment meltdown. Warning. Containment meltdown. All containment is rupturing. We need to get clear. Come on, let's go. What about the men on the line? Nothing we can do for those poor sops now. Just hope you and I can make it. 
Variants. The Wendigo, the base variant of the creature, with most of the attributes as described. The Ravenous Wendigo, a more powerful Wendigo variant with a reddish, fleshy appearance. Its darker, muddled colours can easily make the creature blend into dimmer or more urbanised environments. Glowing Wendigo. One of the strongest variants. It bears a charred appearance and has a soft green glow. This variant also has a chance to spawn in a Wendigo horde made up of two or three Wendigos. Scorched Wendigo. A charred fleshy Wendigo with dark red eyes infected with the Scorched Plague. All regular Wendigo variants have a corresponding Scorched variant with the same stats, abilities and items. They may become Scorched when attacked by Scorched Beasts or the Scorched Beast Queen, becoming allies with other Scorched creatures. Wendigo Spawn The strongest variant, it is identical to the Glowing Wendigo. They appear almost exclusively alongside Wendigo Colossi and are called to support them in battle. Three of them can be found inside Monongamine by themselves during the event A Colossal Problem. Wendigo Colossus A three-headed, tall Wendigo introduced in the Wastelanders update. It is only encountered in nuclear blast zones and is always accompanied by multiple Wendigo spawn. The Wendigo Colossus scream can cause the uncontrollable fear effect, where an individual will flee uncontrollably. Each head of the Colossus takes 200% damage. Crippling the legs will restrict movement, crippling the heads will reduce perception. Heads attack with dedicated damage types, firing a projectile that may be dodged. The melee kick attack deals pure damage which completely bypasses DR. Wendigo Colossi will always spawn as three-star legendary enemies. Regarding the design of the Wendigo Colossus, Nathan Perkipile stated, I think I got that name right, Nathan Perk, Perkpile, Perkipile, <laughs> stated, I wanted another huge creature and we had some old concepts of a bigger Wendigo when we were figuring out the initial Wendigo, so we iterated on that idea to make it even freakier and more unique. Yeah, the Wendigo Colossus is... I mean, I love the Wendigo, as I've said, this is definitely one of my favourite creatures. The Wendigo Colossus is just, yeah, takes it to the next level. Darling, we're home. Are you up? Welcome back, Mum. Happy to report your husband is on the mend. His radiation levels are decreasing just as the doctor predicted. Splendid. Thank you, Godrich. Godrich, look at my new cap gun. Isn't it swell? A marvel to behold, Master Jim. By the by, Mum, I do say Mr. Richard certainly seems to have his appetite back. He's eaten twice again since lunch, yet still appears hungry. A very good sign of recovery indeed. Yes. I suppose that is good news. That you, dear? Say, did you buy more steaks? As I was saying, Mum, he's eaten up every last steak, meatball and banger, I'm afraid. Oh, my. Sorry, darling. I'll go to the butcher tomorrow. Ah. Uh, uh. Insistent, isn't he? Yes, Mum. Quite. Can I show Dad my gun? Jimmy, I told you, not in the house. And remember, you can't go into the bedroom yet. Aw, stupid quarantine. I know it's hard, sweetheart, but we just have to be patient. This happens to lots of people with important jobs like your father's. Okay, I won't go in. I'll just say hi. Dad? Uh... <laughs> Let's see it. 
Earl Williams. Earl Williams is a unique Wendigo colossus located inside Appalachia's Monongah mine. When he was a human, before being laid off, Earl Williams worked at a local mine just outside Monongah, where he lived. He and his wife had a daughter, Maggie, before his drug-addicted wife left them. Hornwright Industrial bought the rights to the mine in April 2075, replacing the workers with auto miners. At first it seemed like a blessing to the town, which was plagued by financial hardship. The auto miners quickly and efficiently extracted all coal from the mine, fully exhausting every vein in January 2076. As Hornwright Industrial prepared to leave the mine that January, Earl Williams and some other townsfolk drunkenly decided to steal some supplies from the mine before everything was taken away. Shortly thereafter, Supervisor Deke Sykes blew up the entrance with everyone still inside. Though his daughter tried to dig him out with her bare hands, she was pulled away by others from Mananga, and they lied to her that he and others had simply skipped town. She didn't believe them, and reasoned they were either paid off by the Hornwrights, or were unwilling to pay for a rescue mission. Hey there. The name's Maggie. I'm looking for someone to head into Mananga Mine for me. I'll pay for anything you can find about a man named Earl Williams. He's... he... he was my pops. The mines have been closed up since before the war, but you look like the resourceful type. Think you can lend me a hand? He and some other townsfolk got some liquid courage one night and decided to go up to the mine. I knew that damn bourbon would be the end of him somehow. They kept going on about getting the last of what they could before that Deke Sachs from Hornwright Industrial closed up the mine. Well, that son of a bitch ended up blasting the entrance closed with everyone still inside. This was back in January of 76, after Hornwright cleaned out everything that they could from the mine. So, I'm not delusional. I know he's dead. It's been over 20 years, and if the hunger didn't get him, then I'm sure the radiation did. I just... I hope he didn't suffer too much. Meanwhile, in the mine, Earl Williams and the others were facing a difficult decision. There was no food in the mine. But one of the other miners, James, died from injuries sustained from the entrance collapsing. Several survivors agreed to cannibalise his corpse, including Williams, though others refused and stated they would rather die and be eaten than eat another person. We have a special guest joining us now to read Earl's journal from Fallout 76. It is one of the hosts of the Fallout Feed podcast. Andrew, over to you. You know those games kids play where they ask you what you'd rather do? Would you rather starve or eat another person? Those games are supposed to be hypothetical until they ain't. Everyone said we shouldn't just let him go to waste. Shouldn't let his death be in vain. It still don't seem right to me. Is it enough just to survive if you can't face the person you've become? I can feel the last bits of my sanity slipping. The lack of days and nights is driving me crazy. It makes me sick to my stomach to think about things I've done. At this point, I'm not sure if I want to make it out of here alive anyway. I'm a damn monster now. I'm always hungry. It doesn't matter how much I eat, I still want more. I can't control my urges anymore. People ain't dying fast enough to satisfy my hunger. I... I must do what I have to do. 
Please don't tell Maggie. Thanks so much to Andrew for the reading there. I have to say that the Fallout Feed podcast is definitely one of Eric and I's favourite Fallout podcasts out there. Uh, I look forward to it every week. The whole team put in an amazing effort to produce incredibly long episodes, which I thoroughly enjoy. I prefer a long podcast, so I appreciate all the work those guys do over there. If you haven't checked them out, I highly recommend it. You can find, uh, just type the Fallout Feed on your usual podcast um, podcast platforms and I'm sure it will come up or you can find them on Twitter at at the fallout feed you can also find Andrew at at indie android eventually his hunger got the best of him and he found himself wanting to eat those not yet dead when encountered in 2103 Earl Williams has mutated into a wendigo colossus so there we go It's not an extensive lore section for this episode, but as I said, Wendigos are one of my favourite creatures, so I wanted to give it a breakdown. And this was almost a uh, mini-tape episode, but I thought there was enough in there to extend it out, and um, particularly with the news that we had to give for this episode, I I thought this would definitely end up being a longer one. So, yeah, a brief lore section, but I hope you learned something about the Wendigos. Eric and I will be back again very, very soon with another episode. We have, we've decided that we're going to try and do more of those discussion episodes where we, uh, we speak to each other live. Um, we did a Fallout, retros- a Fallout 3 retrospective, and then obviously we did the discussions for Still Dawn and Still Rain. And they're actually some of our most listened to episodes, so I appreciate everybody checking them out. Um, the, uh, the plan was we were going to do a New Vegas retrospective, possibly a Fallout 4 retrospective at some point, but just generally, I mean, catching up and talking about gameplay and things like that is something that is quite fun to do, and I, de- I definitely don't want to move too far away from the, you know, the thing, the reason that I started this podcast, which was to focus on the lore, and we're definitely still going to be doing that, um, and focus on the lore in the unique way that we do, where we add the sound and things like that, and make it a kind of a slightly different listening experience. So that's still going to happen, but there's just potentially going to be more of the other stuff as well. So I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so far. Um, we really appreciate all the good feedback and the interactions with us on Twitter. Um, come follow us at TFT. W pod <laughs> I think that's right um, I don't have it in front of me I'm terrible with this stuff trying to remember the um, yeah the Twitter links and all that kind of thing but yeah we appreciate all the good feedback and we will be back again soon um, we're going to work on that that new Vegas retrospective is something that we both really want to do uh, but to actually do that we both want to try and play through a large at least a large portion of the game first um, so we need to find some time to do that Uh, But until then, I hope everybody's enjoyed today's lore and the news update. We will be back again soon, as I said. Come follow us on social media, interact with us. If you want to get involved and do a lore reading or a terminal reading, then that would be great. We want people to get involved, so just give us a shout on there and we'll sort something out. So yeah, until next time, stay safe out there, Wanderers. Dad? Did you fall asleep? Jimmy, that you out there, sport? Yeah, it's me. Uh, Jimmy, uh, I'm hungry. Okay, Dad, I'll go tell Godrich to make you something. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, why don't you come in, son? Uh, pay your old man a visit. Uh-huh.
I'm not supposed to get too close yet, remember? Now, James, if your father says it's okay, then it's okay. Now, you come in here. Uh, I don't know. You sure? Positive. You come and give your dad a big hug. Now, Jimmy. Well, all right. If you say it's okay. There he is. There's my boy. Looking fit as a fiddle. Dad, what's wrong? You don't look better at all. You've gotten so thin I can see your bones. And you've lost all your hair, too. You look almost like a skeleton. Oh, so sorry, Jimmy. But Daddy's hungry. So very, very hungry. Come closer, son. Come to Daddy. What? No, Dad, no! Was it the radiation, a side effect of the medication? Or was it greed that caused this carnivorous transformation? We may never know. Be sure to tune in next week for another thrilling chapter of Tales from the West Virginia Hills. <laughs>